the church is holy. The church is universal. The church is apostolic. One faith, one baptism, one hope. Hello and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Each week we'll tackle tough issues, answer your hard questions, and take a candid look at the Christian faith. There's only one message for the church today, and that is, we preach Christ. This digital booklet unpacks the importance of remaining true to the Word of God, especially when false doctrines and teachings are deceiving the world. Visit ltw.org candid today and request your free download. Today I wanted to take a minute to discuss a really important issue, and that is thinking in regards to the question, what is the church? Who is the church? And the importance of belonging to a church, the universal church, to belong to the body of Christ, to belong to a local church. We may throw these terms around, and some people may not fully understand them. So I wanted to take a few minutes and have this conversation that we would define some of this terminology, words you may have heard thrown around, words you've maybe heard in a sermon or in conversations with Christian friends. And so we're asking the question, what is the church? You know, the church refers to all the people who belong to God, those who have been purchased by the blood of Christ. Now, there's a lot of expressions for the church uh, throughout Scripture, words like the body of Christ, the family of God, the people of God, the elect, the bride of Christ, the communion of saints, the new Israel, uh, and there's so many more. But what comprises the church? And so I wanted to create and explain, rather, a distinction. So we talk about the visible and the invisible church. That could sound confusing. What is the invisible church? Is it um, the building that no one can see? Uh, no, no. What we're talking about, first I think it's important that we talk about the, the, that the church is not a building. And I'll say this again later uh, when we come to another point. But it's not, it's not a facility. It's not a, a building with lights. And we can talk about a church building or the church premises or the land or whatever it is. But really, in the truest essence, the church, the Greek word ekklesia, it's a gathering. It's a gathering of people. It's a gathering of hearts and minds coming together with commonality. And so when we talk about the visible church, the visible church is really just those who make a profession of faith in Christ, those who are baptized, those who are members of that local church institution. But not all who honor Christ with their mouths necessarily honor him in their hearts also. And Jesus is very clear when he talks about that. In fact, he even says that the day will come when that judgment day comes, and people will say, well, well, I've, uh, I've done miracles in your name. Some will probably even say, I've, I've been a member of a church. But a membership in the body like that does not necessarily mean that you have turned your heart and life over to the Lordship of Christ. So being part of that group is not what gives you salvation. We do not have salvation through church membership or salvation through belonging to that community. 
In fact, uh, it's really flipped on its head. It is those who have been saved then therefore want to be part of that community who hold that commonality. But Jesus is very clear in talking about that, saying that there will be wheat and weeds that will grow up together, and the harvester doesn't um, separate them until the end when that final day comes. And so there is a sense in which the members of the church, the elect, those who are, are truly part of the church, won't necessarily be able to fully discern each and every other member of the church. God alone reads the hearts of men and women. And all the true elect are visible to him. But in some way, once again, can be and are invisible to us. The church is holy. The church is universal. The church is apostolic. Well, what do those things mean? Well, you know, we may be fragmented by denominations, but we are united under one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one hope. The church is holy because it's sanctified by God and indwelt by his Holy Spirit. The church is universal because it includes people from all nations, of which, you know, I've had such a great privilege in working with Leading the Way in years past and being able to see that, to see that commonality, that we may not speak the same language and we have to use interpreters. There's this unity that we have because we hold to that lordship of Christ, and there's that feeling of the universality of the church um, whenever I'm with people from uh, different regions of the world. The church is apostolic because it's the teaching of the apostles as found in Scripture that is the foundation of the church and the authority by which the church is governed. So what is entailed in being part of a church? Well, first of all, it's a duty and it's a privilege of every Christian to be united to the church of Christ. And it's our responsibility not to neglect meeting together in worship, as it says in Hebrews. In fact, in Hebrews it says, as is the custom of some. So we know that there were groups who were coming together, but, uh, you know, would fall out of that regular meeting time together and, and worship time together. And we know that when those uh, things are cut out, that the enemy particularly likes to prey on those people because they are out of fellowship with the body of Christ. They're probably even out of fellowship with the Word of Christ, the Word of God. And we are also to be witnesses in the mission of the church. And I'll come back to that again in a little bit. So the church is not a club, it's not a building, but it's a a living and active organism made up of living parts, the body of Christ. And we depend on one another to function well, which means we are also diverse. We're diverse in our giftings, we're diverse in our appearance, but we're unified in our direction. We're unified in our headship. So that's a few thoughts on um, what the church is, what the church looks like. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about some things to look for when you're looking for a church. Um, There are a couple of issues that come up, and um, I just wanted to kind of go through about three or four of these questions that typically come up. The first thing you need to be looking for is what is being preached from the pulpit, from up front? Is it a church that holds 
solidly to the word of God? Or is it a church that sort of uses the word in passing, but then really wants to talk about, um, you know, motivational talks or how-to guides or, or just wants to tell stories? How a church handles the word of God because the word of God is the revelation of God. It's, it is God revealing himself, his nature, his character, his being to us. And it's being done through the word, through the God-authored, God-breathed scriptures that are have been passed to us. And so it is extremely important how a church views the authority of the word of God. Do they view it as inerrant and infallible? meaning it is without error, and it is from God himself. It's not just from fallen man, though the authors are fallen, comprised of fallen men, but the Spirit used them and their experiences and their abilities to author the inerrant, infallible Word of God and how it's been held together through these thousands and thousands of years. Um, so how a church views uh, the truth, the word of God is extremely important. The second thing is, who is at the center of their worship? I have a friend from Australia who said um, in his own testimony, he visited a church, he had a, a, a life and a background of um, drugs and partying, and he was invited to a church service with a friend, and he said, I couldn't get over just how important this Jesus figure was to every single person in the church. They all seemed to be so focused on him, uh, which made him ask questions about who Christ was. Who's this Jesus? Uh, what did he do? What did he teach? Why is everyone so infatuated with him? That should be an extremely important part of who your church is, that they can easily identify this is a church that loves Christ and loves his word. Or is it Again, it's uh, you know it's a gathering of people who you can't really tell what it is that they care about, what it is that they worship. Um, that should never be the case. It, it, Jesus should be proclaimed and emanating from your building, and should be so apparent to your people, uh, to the people uh, who come to visit to see what it is you're all about. So again, another thing that's incredibly important is that Jesus is at the center. The third thing is that. A healthy church really needs good fellowship and community and discipleship, that those things are being prioritized as the lifeblood of, of the church. Because if we are using, again, this goes back to our other two points, if our foundation is the Word of God, the Word of God tells us about the importance of being together, of fellowship, of community. Again, we talked about the diversity of the body. We need each other. We cannot exist on an island. We cannot make it by ourselves. We are heavily dependent on one another, and that's very apparent in Scripture. And then if Christ is at our center, we're constantly pushing each other back to Christ, back to his word, reminding one another of these truths. And so it's it's important that there's discipleship taking place. We don't just sort of bring people in and they come for a little bit and they meet some people and they say hello and then they go on their way. Now, there needs to be intentional uh, growth and intentional accountability within the church walls. Now, that comes in a lot of different ways. There are small group Bible studies, there are discipleship, mentoring, uh, you know, the list can go on and on and on, but there needs to be some aspect of that 
taking place in the church. And then finally, there needs to be some active effort to share the gospel with others. And this is from the words of Christ himself. In Mark chapter 16, he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. It is the good news of salvation. The illustration is that if you were to discover the cure for cancer, would you just keep it for yourself? Would you just keep that information for yourself and save yourself? Or would you want to go out and tell people, hey, I've got good news. I know a way in which you can be healed, in which you can be restored, in which you can have life and purpose and meaning. And that's what the gospel does. The gospel tells us about the glory of God and how it's displayed in salvation and how Christ came to redeem those whom the Father has given to him. And so it's important, you know, and even in the Westminster Confession, it talks about what is the chief end of man? Well, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And so let me encourage you, um, if you're looking for a church, if you're not part of a church, but you have placed your trust in Christ, your hope, your, your salvation comes from Christ alone, then let me encourage you to, to use these four issues as you consider finding a church home. Be asking yourself about where Scripture falls in terms of how it's preached from the pulpit, how the church views the Word of God. Uh, what is at the center of their worship? Is there fellowship and community and discipleship taking place and available in these places? And is there an active effort to take the good news out to the community, to the rest of the world in some in some sense? And of course, those things will all look slightly different at each church, but are the core issues there, are the core things that you value that describe what a church, a healthy church, looks like in Scripture? Are those things there? Can I see myself being a part of that? Do they value me as a person? Will they care for my family? Will they help us grow in the knowledge and wisdom of God um, as we all grow together as a body of believers, as the body of Christ? Let me just say one other thing. I know when life gets busy and we have lots of things that occupy our time and our attention, So many times in my pastoral role, I've heard and seen the first thing that people cut out, the first thing that they draw back from is some aspect of church, particularly a Sunday service. Uh, People feel like they need that time, whether it's a a couple that don't get a lot of time together during the week, um, they choose to spend that time together on Sunday and neglect going to church. If someone's got a really busy schedule, they tend to pull back from a discipleship group or, or a Bible study. Um, I think it's extremely important that we try to prioritize our life around the Word of God and what God is doing, and God is working through the community of believers. So if you think of yourself as being in a busy situation, why would you pull back from a group who wants to help you do the best you can, who wants to help you uh, see success, who wants to help you in any way possible, why would you pull back from that group? Uh, The people who are going to be pointing you to the truth, that you don't lose your way in the midst of your chaos and busy schedule and all the distractions that may come your way. If anything, you should probably be 
doubling down and investing all the more in that community, in that group, so that you don't lose your way through all that. I think that's extremely important, especially for younger people who, uh, you know, the, the, the busyness of life tends to catch up with us and we, we don't know how to organize our schedules and set time aside. It's extremely important that we not neglect the meeting together, again, as it says in Hebrews. But rather, we encourage one another. Uh, we encourage one another in love and good deeds. We'd be reminding one another of the truth of the word, that our hope is in Christ alone and not in how much money we can make or what um, job promotion we can get next. Uh, we also need to be reminded that of the truth of the gospel, that uh, I cannot save myself, that it's not based on my works, but it's based on what Christ has done, but that we have been saved unto good works, so that as a saved person who has put their hope and trust and life in Christ, he then provides opportunities for us to do good things in his name for his glory, uh, that we would be blessed through that, and that uh, this Earth is not our home, that we have an eternal destination for which we long for, the city that's not built by human hands, the city of God, uh, the city of which we will have eternal rest and where there will be no tears. And sometimes in the midst of the chaos and the confusion uh, and the struggle in life, we need those reminders for what we've been saved to and what we've been saved from. Uh, we need the reminders that when we face sin, we need uh, a community who will hold us accountable, who will remind us of the truths that are given to us through Scripture from God, uh, that there is forgiveness for us, that there is uh, opportunity for repentance, that we need to have a, a lifestyle of repentance. These are just some of the things that I think when we isolate ourselves, when we remove ourselves from church, when we remove ourselves from a community, when we remove ourselves from the Word of God and what it says, we can forget those things all too easily. And I can tell you from personal experience how easy it is to do that, even if we've grown up with it all our lives. And so that's why God knows the human heart. God knows that we need each other. God knows that we need to be sitting under the authority of his word and under the authority of his ministers as we, like sheep, all go astray. And we need to be brought back in because when we hear the voice of the shepherd, we recognize the voice of the shepherd. And so here's just a, a few words of encouragement to you to find a good, healthy, uh, Bible-based church uh, who will care for you who proclaims the word of God as the infallible, inerrant word, a community that uh, has Christ at the center, a community who loves each other and cares for one another, and a community where the gospel is going out. So I hope you take these words and um, apply them to yourself, and uh, we do pray that, uh, that you would continue to grow in the likeness of Christ. Candid is a podcast from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. By subscribing, you make sure that you never miss an episode. It's delivered to you as soon as we release it. Don't forget to connect with our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit ltw.org candid to connect with these pages share your questions with me, and get this week's free download, We Preach Christ. As always, thank you for listening to and sharing this episode.